Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools and data that help power their emerging markets business strategies. My name is Bhavish Segal and I am the managing director and head of research for FSG's Asia Pacific division. The topic of our podcast today is the outlook for India and the scenarios that will emerge by 2020. Indian economy expanded at a rate of around 7.3% in 2014 and FSG is forecasting that India will grow around 7.4% in 2015 making it one of the fastest growing major economies in the world. A new government which is now in its 18 month at the center the promise of economic reforms and strong domestic demand have actually captured the attention of international audiences but doubt still remains on whether india will miss its opportunity to shine or not with this in mind we recently released a report in which we assess the outlook for india the scenarios that will emerge and fundamentally highlight nine long term business planning themes that all fsg clients need to monitor and act upon as they start planning for 2016 joining me today to share a little bit more detail on our work is pratima sen who is our senior analyst on fsg's asia research team and has been leading our efforts on india pratima a warm welcome thank you bhavya it's good to be here So let's kick things off Pratima and why don't you actually share with our clients as to why did we write this report That's a great question thank you I think I can sum up our reasons for writing this report in the context in three points First the new government like you mentioned has completed 18 months in office This government is perceived as being business friendly. So there's a lot more conversation regarding uh, the progress of reforms and the ability of the government to deliver on its promises. Secondly, there is a new GDP that India has employed. Um the series has made India's growth look faster and the economy look bigger. And finally, uh the outlook for the country going forward is based on a number of factors including the external environment, the macroeconomic fundamentals and the policy changes that are taking place. As a result, it's important to separate the reality from the hype that is surrounding the country. It's for this reason that we've written this report. Okay, uh, that that's interesting. So, why don't you actually tell us that what are some of the key findings from the research that you just concluded? So the most important thing that we find uh in our research is that India is going to be one of the fastest growing major emerging economies uh starting from 2016. Our CAGR or the compounded annual growth rate is 7.75 from 2015 to 2020. This is a, r- a rather commendable feat for a country that is the size of India with the with the population and the economy. Secondly I think um it's important to highlight that this 7.75% growth rate is likely to be driven by consumption. Low inflation, lower borrowing costs today as a result of the commodity prices are favoring the Indian consumer and as a result we feel that the demand and domestic demand is likely to improve in the coming years. The Indian market remain, remains one of the most attractive reasons for MNCs and for companies in India. 
And finally, we also interviewed 46 of our clients, both APAC and Indian GMs, and we realized that 44% of our Asia-Pacific executives said making the case for India was their top priority in the next 12 months, highlighting a positive outlook for their own business as well. 45% of Indian executives held the same view. As a result, we feel that our view is very much in line with our clients and with what's happening on the ground. Progress is going to be slow, but it's likely to improve the environment, the business environment in the coming years. That's interesting. So can you describe the base case in a little bit more detail and, and provide more, more context as to what is the so what for a lot of our multinational clients? Absolutely. Like I mentioned, the growth rate for India and the economy is going to be primarily driven by consumption. This is very important for MNCs because it's going to show that a lot of the B2C companies that are uh, in the country already are likely to do well as consumption improves. Even B2B companies have a lot of opportunity to expand in areas as final consumption is increasing. Secondly, uh, urbanization and rising incomes are likely to drive this even further, along with the fact that inflation has been under control, consumer credit is likely to increase with interest rate cuts. These are all headed in a direction of the fact that domestic demand is likely to improve even further. Secondly, the progress on central government reform is likely to be slow, as can be uh, seen today as well. The ruling party lacks the majority in the upper house of parliament, and therefore any structural reforms that need parliamentary approval get stuck in the upper house. As a result, the uh, reforms are unlikely to go through through the central government initiatives. What we do see happening, and this is where we feel the story in India really lies, is the fact that states are going to pick up on this mandate and try to implement individual state-level reforms in order to attract investment. This will be the main driver of inflows into the country in the next five years, with progressive states like Maharashtra, Gujarat, uh, Tamil Nadu likely to implement important reforms as they ease procedures, as they make land acquisition and labor policy flexible in order to attract more investment. Um, that is our base case scenario. We do think that MNCs need to monitor state level incentives and uh, refine their cluster based approach in order to capitalize on this. Okay, and, and what are some of the key risks that are facing the economy despite the 7.75% growth rate that is actually being uh, projected for future? So that's a great question. I can break down our uh, the risks facing the economy into two categories. The first is domestic. State-level elections and the difficult passage of reforms continue to be one of the biggest risks to our forecast. Uh, winning state-level elections and, and the ruling BJP party with its focus on different states may lose out the time to carry out important structural reforms up till, say, the next two years, so 2017. This lack of majority is likely to be the biggest hurdle, and this is one of the reasons why we think that states are likely to become more important in policymaking. The failure of new federalism is another risk that uh, is on the domestic front. This is basically the fact that the ruling party is uh, depending on, on the states to carry out reform. If states do not, in fact, reciprocate this initiative and are not able to compete 
by easing procedures, we see the failure of federalism taking place. And this is likely to um, leave the Indian economy vulnerable and struggling as it, as, it, uh, as it goes forward. On the international front, again, we have two major risks. The first is oil and commodity prices. India, being a net importer of oil, is a big beneficiary of the drop in prices we've experienced. If these prices were to recover faster than we foresee, India would suffer a major shock in its current account deficit and leaves the economy vulnerable. In terms of uh, currency fluctuations, we did see an exacerbated period of volatility in, in the latter part of this year, as all emerging market currencies were unstable. This highlights the vulnerability that not just India, but all economies face today. Fears of a slowdown in China, along with economic and monetary policy announcement by the US Fed and the Eurozone, are making the currencies in emerging markets, including the rupee, fairly volatile. Interesting. So looking ahead, say, say, you know, 10 years down the line, what would you say are two themes that, that we think are super critical? I think the first theme that I would like to highlight that is important for MNCs going forward is the urban India theme. India is urbanizing at a very fast rate. Although only 32% of the population lives in urban areas today, the government is encouraging this to go up very fast. It's expediting this urbanization process and hopes to achieve 40% urbanization by 2013. Some of the initiatives that they have undertaken include the Smart Cities Initiative, which is one of the most broadly publicized campaigns uh, over the last year. This includes things like modernization of cities, uh, improvements in digital connectivity, and uh, adequate public infrastructure and uh, transport. This is one along with uh, a couple of uh, ancillary uh, projects like Digital India, increasing manufacturing sector jobs through the Make in India project, as well as improving skill development. Um, these All these factors coming together are likely to improve the urban outlook for India. MNCs should monitor the development of Tier 2 and Tier 3 cities in the country, along with the changing consumption patterns in order to consider localizing for the country and in order to cater to this large market. The second important theme I would highlight is bureaucratic India which essentially talks about red tape and uh, difficulties in doing business in India. India currently has improved its ranking from last year, falling to 130 in the Ease of Doing Business Index, which is issued by the World Bank. This still implies that India is one of the most complicated uh, business environments in the world today. We do, however, see this improving over the long term with a ranking of about 118 in 2020 and falling to 85 in 2025. But there are small steps taken in the right direction today. This includes the eBiz portal, which is the government to business portal aims, which aims at expediting clearances, licenses to MNCs and Indian companies. We also think some of the other places where the, uh, where the uh, ranking of the country can improve are things like tax uh, efficiency. The GST aims to improve that along with cutting red tape and, and reducing corruption through the online portal systems. Okay, very, very interesting, Prathama. Any final thoughts that you would like to share with our clients? Because uh, 
obviously from from my standpoint india is is the rising elephant and the rising star uh in the apac portfolio as well as the global portfolio but but any final thoughts that you would uh, prefer to share with our clients i think what i would like to uh, conclude by saying is that india is definitely one of the more attractive emerging markets today and is likely to improve its uh, share in the apac portfolio and in the global emerging markets portfolio in the next 5 years but there are still important uh, factors that need to be taken into consideration which include the business environment complexities and large disparities in the country as a result we think state and cluster focused strategies will become critical in determining success in the market it is important to monitor policy and regulatory changes along with changing patterns in consumption local insight in india will continue to be one of the most important determinants in long term success very fascinating uh, pratima thank you so much for for these insights and and just for just for all our clients i do want to let them know that we will be releasing our q4 quarterly market review uh, in the next 3 to 4 weeks along with another report around how do you actually set up local partnerships in india so on that note pratima thank you so much for the great insights today thank you babya it's been a pleasure and i just want to mention that pratima is available for one on one conversations with fsg clients just reach out to your account manager in case you are interested in scheduling a meeting and be sure to download our full research report from the fsg research portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com this concludes our podcast for today thanks for listening in